You're listening to She Said What with your host, Alyssa Harper. Hello, sexy people. Welcome back to She Said What. If you've not been here before, then I just want to welcome you and let you know that this is an inclusive space for you to come and grow and become the best version of yourself, whether we are talking about sex and sexuality, relationships, or just how to get by through life when things are tough, then this is a space for you. Today, we're going to be talking about growing in a sexual relationship with a partner. So last week, I made an episode about growing in your sexual relationship with yourself, which is the foundation of all of your other sexual relationships. So I will recommend that you go and listen to that episode first, but it's absolutely not required. And um, you can definitely get so, so, so much out of this episode just listening to it on its own. I am making this episode because we aren't taught about how to talk about sex. We're usually told why sex is shameful, why it is dirty, why it is wrong, why it's risky. And we aren't encouraged to talk about how to make sex fulfilling and pleasurable and fun and light and simple and something that we can understand and something that we can just enjoy. And so that's why I want to talk to you guys about this today. Um, Some people find it really difficult to express their wants during sex, and they kind of just settle for a sex life that they aren't super excited about, and that is such a shame, and that's not going to be you. So this is going to help you to not do that, and Although people can be unhappy with their sex life, many people don't prioritize change because it doesn't feel necessary to them. They don't believe that they deserve pleasure and they don't want to be a bother, especially women. And so it's really important that we have this conversation. Um, You might be listening today because you feel stuck in a sexual relationship. You might feel like you've lost a spark with somebody. Maybe you just want to explore more with somebody and you are definitely going to get all of that out of today. Today's episode, and I'm super excited for this episode. So let's get right into it. A little update on my week, as per usual. Um, nothing crazy is going on, guys. I'm a bit boring at the moment. I've literally just been like hanging out relaxing. You guys know I love cycle syncing and thinking about where I'm at in my cycle. Um, And hormonally at the moment, I'm just very chill. I'm in my luteal phase. And um, it's just, it always surprises me every single month how much my luteal phase is like such a calm phase for me. Um, I do definitely experience symptoms of PMS and I do feel irritable at times and things like that, but I never really experienced the kind of like anxiety that I typically experience throughout my cycle in thy luteal phase because all my hormones are just chilling. Everything is nice and low and relaxed. And it, it genuinely is like a really nice time for me to connect with myself. And so I've just been, been spending a lot of time on my own journaling, kind of like similar to what I said last week as well, actually, just kind of like re-zhuzhing where I'm at um, in my life and kind of figuring out if I am where I want to be. And it's been really fulfilling for me. So that's been this week, very chill, very relaxed. And tonight I'm going to go to a trivia with some of my friends, which sounds strange, but we do this and we just find random things to go to and it's a lot of fun. And my friend is actually hosting it. So we're going to be going to that tonight. So I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, that's basically it. I want to get right into the topic because there's a bit to cover here. Um, I'm going to start out with the things that I consider to be 
must-haves in any sexual experience. These are not only things that are just like baseline, you absolutely should do these things um, and you need to do these things, but also things that are just going to make you feel safe and give you the correct, I shouldn't say correct, but like give you the boundaries that I believe are so valuable to have when you're going into a sexual experience. The first one is consent. And of course, this goes without saying, but it's important to actually talk about consent and what that actually means. Um, enthusiastic consent is when somebody is enthusiastically saying hell yes to a sexual experience. And that doesn't look like somebody saying like, oh, maybe not tonight. And then the partner encouraging them or coercing, we should call it, um, that is uh, wrong. That is something that should not be done. Um, and it again, to you, you might be thinking, well, obviously, but a lot of people don't see it that way. A lot of people think it's okay to, again, I'm doing quotations with my fingers if you're not watching me right now, but like convince people. Um, It's really important that someone is enthusiastically excited to have sex with you and that you are feeling the same towards them. It is not something that is one and done. And that's the thing with consent. It's not even just one and done in the single experience. Like if you're asking somebody, do you want to have sex? Or are we thinking we might have sex tonight or what's or today or whatever what's what's the idea if you ask that and they say yes that doesn't mean that anything goes obviously you know when you're then in that experience with them you are continuing to ask for consent for different things and that could be things that you do alongside actual like intercourse like choking and different like levels of where you're at in that sexual experience. For example, if you have oral sex with somebody, you can't assume that they want to have penetrative sex, right? It's a continuous conversation and it's something that you need to be able to do if you want to have sex. If you are not somebody who is comfortable to ask somebody for consent, then in my opinion, you shouldn't be having sex because that is like the baseline of making sure that everybody in the experience is feeling safe. Another thing about consent not being one and done is if somebody wants to do something at one time in one sexual experience, it doesn't mean that they're going to want to do it the next time. Just because someone has sex with you once doesn't mean that they're going to want to have sex again. And so again, it's a continuous conversation, not just in a single sexual experience, but overall. And I think it's just really important to note that first and foremost. So that is consent. Number two, is caution. Yes, of course, we need to talk about safer sex practices. And the reason I say safer is because we don't really say safe anymore. Most people don't use the word, the uh, like the term safe sex anymore because there's always risks, obviously, to sex, whether that is pregnancy or STIs or a many other things, you know, there's a lot of reasons why you want to be safe with how you enjoy pleasure so that you don't have to worry about shit down the road. Like the last thing you want is to have this amazing experience with somebody and then be like lying there late at night being like, fuck, I hope I'm not pregnant or, oh, now I have to go get a plan B pill or, you know, to have to deal with the fallout from poor sexual choices, ones that maybe you don't make um, when you are sober or ones that you make when you're like highly emotional, things like that. And of course those things happen. Of course it's real. You know, a lot of people 
don't use condoms in the way that they probably should or think that they should. Um, And that's why we talk about safer sex and making sure that you are putting the boundaries in place that you are comfortable with. For example, if you are on some sort of hormonal birth control and you're with a partner and you don't want to use a condom, that is your choice. And there is like nobody can tell you that you have to do things a certain way, but it is up to you to own that you are taking care of yourself. And another thing with that is STI testing, which should be a regular practice as well. And I don't like saying should that much. I really don't like being like, this is how things should be. But when you are choosing to potentially put somebody else at risk, that's when there's a bit of an issue. You know what I mean? That's when it's important that we are actually taking those annoying steps, like setting up an appointment and showing up to that appointment and paying for that appointment, which I know is not easy and is frustrating. But it does mean that you and the person that you're going into that experience with can feel safe. And that is such an important part of sex. One last thing that I want to mention about caution is the conversation that you have with a partner before you have a sexual experience with them. And you absolutely have all the right to ask a partner, a potential partner, what is your STI status? When is the last time that you got tested for STIs? And on top of all of that, you should absolutely voice what is going to make you comfortable when it comes to potential barriers that you might want to use. And like I said earlier, that's condoms. That could also be dams used to cover uh, the vulva or any kind of anal play. And you can actually get internal condoms as well for vaginal insertion. Um, these are not as common. Obviously, condoms are the most common thing here. Um, but there are other options out there for whatever reason condoms don't really sit with you well, don't really work for you. There are other options, just so you're aware. I know it can seem uncomfortable. And this is the thing. A lot of these conversations are not the easiest conversations, right? Sometimes you just want to jump into it with that person. You think, oh, I should ask them this thing, but let's just do it because I really like them. And I don't want them to think I'm, you know, I think anything negative of them. But a mature person, an emotionally mature person that you are choosing to have a sexual experience with should be able to receive that well. And do you know how sexy it is to be with somebody who's on the same page as you? Like, do you know how sexy it is to just have somebody who is so open to have that conversation, who is like there listening to your boundaries? Like that is such a turn on because again, that safety element, that I can trust this person element is like the core foundation to a good sexual experience. Number three is communication. All right. Have you noticed they're all C's? Alyssa, how did you plan this so well? I know. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Round of applause. Uh, communication is so, so, so important, obviously, in any sexual experience. And that looks like so many different things. Um, I don't want to say that it has to always be verbal. There are obviously ways that humans communicate through facial expressions and through sounds. Obviously, we know that if you are making pleasurable sounding sounds, that usually communicates that you are enjoying what is happening. Um, but make sure that you are using those well. And what I mean by that is not trying to fill space with moans and things that sound like good feedback to your partner if they aren't doing things that you like. Of course, so many of us have done this in situations. People fake orgasms all the time. I myself, obviously, I faked orgasms. I will let you guys know that first and foremost. Okay, sometimes it just happened um, back in the day. Not now, obviously, but way back when. Um, And it usually comes back to 
that fear of, I don't want to tell them what I want. So I'm just going to pretend that this is what I want because if they think that I'm happy, I am happy. I'm just, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't need to come. You kind of like make these excuses to make it okay in your mind, but it is so much more enjoyable when you actually hold space for yourself and communicate what you like. And that can be the smallest thing. That could be a little to the left a little to the right, a little up, a little down, a little slower, a little faster. Maybe you could like finger me. I don't know. You know, it's, it's saying the things that you want along the way and it gets easier with time. I promise you that now. Okay. If you are like, Ooh, nope, not me. Too scary. No, no, no. Don't shut yourself out from it. Do not. Because I'm not saying that right now after you've probably, you know, maybe you've never talked during sex. You've literally never said a word. I'm not saying that you should turn around right now and go and dominate your partner. Like I'm, it's, it's not that you have to have this crazy change, but it's these little bits of communication. And over time saying a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right can become, I want you to do this to me. I want you to do that. Um, or I want to try this with you, or can I do this to you? And that's what can make it really, really exciting and really fun. And the easier that dialogue is, the more you both get to just own your pleasure. And that is so valuable. And I want to say this goes without saying, but for many years, it didn't for me. If you are experiencing pain during sex, communicate that communicate it because I can talk about it a little bit later. And I actually have a whole episode just specifically on pain during sex, if that is like an issue for you. Um, But there are things that you can do, right? You don't have to just put up with it. You don't just have to keep going. You don't just have to, you know, and I know that seems like, well, obviously, but for, at least for me, I don't know about you, but at least for me, for a long time, especially when I was younger in, you know, starting out my sexual journey, I just felt like I wanted to perform well. And sex for me felt like this performance. I wanted to look a certain way. You know, I wanted to make sure like my body was situated a certain way. So they thought I looked hot and like that I was doing all the right things. And, at the end of the day, I was not satisfied, right? So then why would I continue to keep having sex with somebody that isn't satisfying me? And part of me could have looked at that situation and been like, well, you know, they don't obviously know how to make a woman come. They don't care, blah, 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 blah. You know how men are. And yes, part of that is true in some cases. But if you are faking orgasms and you are moaning when you don't like what they are doing, and you are saying, yes, baby, that was the best sex of my life, and you are not enjoying yourself, you are not owning your pleasure. And I say this because I had to, you know, at one point, get out of that. I'm not saying that it is a bad thing. I know it is difficult, but take it into your own hands because you deserve pleasure. Now, talking about communication outside of the bedroom is also so, so, so important and something that doesn't have to be like weird. It doesn't have to be like a sit down birds and bees kind of talk, you know, it can actually be very sexy. It's actually like amazing foreplay. So that's a time that you could definitely slip that in there. Um, But the reason we talk about sex outside of sexual contexts is it removes pressure between you and the partner. So for example, if you really want to try something with your partner, and that could be a position, it could be a toy, it could be anything, right? You want to try something with your partner. If you are in the middle of having sex with them, you both might have had might have a little bit of, say, anxiety, you know, performance anxiety during sex, and you're trying to be sexy, and you're trying to make sure that everything is looking how you want it to look. You're trying to do all the things, and then your partner's like, hey, can we try this? Or you're like, oh, can we try this? It can seem a little bit like, 
oh, now I have to say yes or no and I'm under the pressure of the con- the actual context of having sex with this person right now. Whereas if you have these conversations outside of the bedroom, and again, these can be very sexy conversations, then it allows space for really clear communication and really clear consent. Um, you know, in a perfect world, we would do this all the time. It's not always going to happen that way. And if you and your partner and the person, the person that you're having sex with is comfortable to have those conversations during sex, then awesome. But I definitely see value in both, regardless of where you're at in that relationship. If you have something to share with your partner where you are telling them, I don't like this thing, I wrote in my notes, compliment sandwich that bitch because It's a really, look, I know it's so like preliminary, but it is such a good way to communicate when you're trying to be like, hey, I actually don't like when you slap my ass. It actually hurts me. And I just, it doesn't turn me on, for example, right? So you say that. I actually don't like when you do that thing. If you sit down with your partner, you know, you're trying to be sex positive. You're, you listen to the podcast, you do all the things, you're on your self-love journey and you sit down with your partner and you say to them, hey, this fucking sucks. They probably aren't going to receive it very well. Whereas if you sit down and you say, hey, love that I get to share sex with you. Thank you for sharing that part of your life with me. You are so sexy. I love when you do this thing. I've noticed that you do this thing. I actually don't love that. And Now that I'm thinking about it, slapping somebody is probably not the best example because that comes back to consent. So let's scratch that. We're going to use something like when you use the vibrator on my um, the opening of my vagina in comparison to on my clitoris. I don't like the vibrator down there. They just have it in the wrong spot. Doesn't feel the best kind of situation, right? Okay, if you have a hard time during sex communicating a little up, if you don't like doing that, then outside of the bedroom saying, you know what I really love is when you put the vibrator on my clitoris. I fucking love it. That's what feels amazing for me. I don't actually like it around my vagina in the opening of my vagina. Actually, I've realized that recently. So let's keep it up north. And thank you so much. And I love you so much. That is like such a good way to put it together. And your partner goes like, ooh, yeah, I feel sexy. I feel loved. I feel wanted. Okay, slay. And they feel supported. Does that make sense? I feel like that's a really great way to go and communicate when something kind of negative is happening. Obviously, if it's something positive, then fuck yeah, tell them. The more confident you make your partner feel, the more they're going to feel confident to step into things and try new things and feel good and have a pleasurable experience with you. And so always take time to tell them what you like if you feel comfortable to do that because I think that is so, so, so nice for somebody. Sex is not an easy topic for anybody. And so literally anybody, like it's pretty rare pretty, pretty rare that people are just like 100% so cool, so chill talking to anyone about anything, right? That's so rare. Um, And you want a level of trust and all of that, right? And so it's really important that if we have it in us to say those things to our partners, because trust me, they will love it and they will just want to have more sex with you. Even if there isn't a problem or something that you want to talk about, like something you specifically need to talk about with your partner, I would still encourage you to talk about sex outside of a sexual context. And you can do this in a lot of different ways. Um, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but there's something called the yes, no, maybe list that you can download. I'll actually, I'll pop it down in the show notes for you guys. I want to say it's by Sex by Emily. I could be wrong, but it'll be down there for you anyways. Something that you can like print out or even just do online, you and your partner. Um, And it's really cool because then you get to go through together and talk about the things that you maybe would try, you definitely want to try, or you definitely don't want to try. And that can spark the most interesting conversations. I've done this before with a partner and we literally got like, there's probably 
15 questions or something I want to say or 15 things that you could try, right? And we literally got like three in and had a whole conversation. We didn't even finish going through the list. We were like, oh my God, okay, pin in it and let's come back and have this conversation later. Like you would be shocked at how much it starts to open and expand. And if you're comfortable, you tell stories about when you've maybe tried things before. Um, And that's just, it can be so, so, so fun. If that's not for you, that's totally fine. You can just talk about the two of you. Um, But I find that really interesting personally. Maybe that's just me. Or if you just want to talk about what you like, I'm going to go through a few things that you can talk about very quickly. You can talk about what you enjoy. Do you enjoy receiving more than giving or giving more than receiving? Do you prefer like oral? Do you like hand stuff? Do you love penetration? Do you like penetration, but maybe with a mix of clitoris stimulation? Do you prefer clitoris stimulation on its own? Do you prefer anal stimulation? If you were to have that kind of stimulation, what would you like? Do you like specific positions? What positions do you like? Do you have a favorite? Do you have a least favorite? Maybe you have a conversation with your partner and you go, oh yeah, I actually really like this one. And they go, I love, love, love this one. And you go, look, that's not my favorite, but I do like it because it makes me feel this thing. And then your partner, right? You can talk about, okay, what's going to make that position better? Maybe we can add in a toy or we can change it this way or we can do that. Like it's really, really interesting how much you could get into it. And there's still so much more. Like, have you ever used toys before? Do you want to use toys? What toy would we get if we could get any toy right now? Do we want to try different kinks? Like things like bondage and rope play and massage oils and wax play or food play. Like there is so much that you can get into. And these are sexy conversations. These are fun conversations. Why would you not want to do this? (laughs) One last thing that you can do as well to help you have that communication with your partner is to use external things. And like I said, like the yes, no, maybe list, there's also many quizzes that you can find online about exploring sex and trying new things. You can do a kink test. You can create your own quiz, which I have done before with a partner and it is so fun. And it was specific questions that I genuinely just wanted to know the answer on. So I made two of them and I we sat there and we filled them all out and we got like really interesting feedback from that. And I allowed them to do the same thing and ask questions that they wanted to know. And it was just really, really cool. So recommend doing that. And lastly, you can get um, like little cards, decks of cards. I don't know what it's called, but little like intimacy cards. Um, And I know you can get some from Vush. I forget what they're called right now, but I'll link them below so you guys have all the resources, everything you need. Um, But they have really great questions like, what was your best sexual experience? Or what is your favorite position? Or what is your favorite non-sexual sexual thing? You know, um, what's something that turns you on? What's something that turns you off? And those questions are really fun and valuable as well. And it's just nice because then you can buy it and you can pop the little deck on like your coffee table or whatever, and you can just use them whenever. And it just sparks conversation and it's a lot of fun. Now that we've gone through the must-haves of consent, caution, and communication, I want to talk about the common, I know, I know, the common problems that I hear, I would say like, these are the top ones that I hear from you guys. Um, I don't know if this is like generally the top ones of like everybody. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't think so. I don't know. I don't have the fucking statistics on it, Um, but I know you guys and I talk to you guys all the time and these are the things that I've seen come up and I just want to speak to each of these issues briefly 
and kind of give you my little tips. And I'm going to read something as well from a book that I've been reading recently. So let's get into the first problem that sometimes couples typically, typically more long-term as well, um, sex starts to become a little bit boring or it starts to become infrequent, sometimes a mix of the two. And ways that you can mix it up a little bit is to obviously, and I'm sure you've heard this before, to try something new. And again, seems obvious, but we genuinely forget how much small things can make a big difference. Like something as small as a feather because of the sensory the item, the way that it works as a sensory item. It is so, so beautiful and exciting. Like a tickler, if you haven't, oh my God, where? <clears throat> never mind. I'm not going to, never mind. It's fine. Um, a tickler is like, it's like a little fluffy ball thing and it's on a stick <laughs> and you can use it to create like that tickling sensation. Oh, okay. Give me a second. Oof. You can get Ticklers, I've seen these as well before, where you get a tickler on one side and it has like a little like whip thing on the other side, like just a slick little strap of leather kind of thing. That's like a two in one. I'm, guys, these things are like $15, all right? Get it at your local. Like these are the things that you would think, oh, it's like I need some whole toy. I need some crazy blah, blah, blah. I need to spend $200. No, you don't, okay? You can get small things. You can get things from your fridge. You can get strawberries, you know? You can get whipped cream. You can get chocolate. You can get lots and lots of things. I saw a TikTok this week of someone talking about how she uses food when she's experiencing self-pleasure and how it's like her favorite practice. And as she's masturbating, she like feeds herself food. I was like, whoa, that is, whoa. Why am I not doing, what the fuck? What am I not, why am I not doing that? Those are my two favorite things, you know? So, these are the things that you can be doing that it's not some crazy difference, right? But it's small things like being in a different room with your partner, right? Maybe you always think, oh, we're sitting on the couch. Oh, now we have to go to the bedroom. Maybe we start on the couch. Ah, might be a little bit different. Create a bit of novelty, which is often what couples are missing when they start to feel like their sex becomes a little bit boring. And so that is something that I would definitely encourage you. Trying new things, trying new positions, new little things. It can be something crazy and out there and like, let's go to some, let's go to a bondage class. Let's go to a rope tying class. Let's do something crazy, right? It could be something like more out there that really pushes you, or it could be something very small. But I would recommend you try multiple different things and maybe you try one thing and it doesn't really work. Maybe you try one thing and you're both like, eh, it was all right, but at least you tried it together and you're both willing to commit to exploring together. And that's really important. Another thing is sometimes if you're in a long-term relationship and you have this thing of like, oh, we're not having enough sex or like it's too spaced out or whatever, it's because we're seeing sex as being this thing that we have to do. And it's like separate from our lives. It's not necessarily something that just like flows throughout our lives. It's like sex is sex and it looks like one thing and it's penetrative sex and we both come and that's sex. And when we see sex as being one thing and we get into a routine with our partner where sex kind of looks the same every time, then we miss out on experiencing just giving pleasure to our partner or just receiving pleasure or having a massage that might turn into sex, but doesn't necessarily turn into sex. And again, I say it like that because we've been taught that sex is penetrative sex, but it's not. It really, that whole experience can be sexual and can be intimate. And what I would say is to focus on intimacy. Don't focus on having sex. Focus on being intimate with your partner because sometimes a very intimate conversation can be 
what you need. And sex isn't like the end all be all to whether or not you are having intimacy with your partner. And that is so, so, so important to get our minds around. Now, I'm going to read from this book that I've been reading, which I am loving. Um, It's called The Ethical Slut, and it is just really challenging the way that I see relationships, obviously, first and foremost, um, the way I see myself and my body, the way that I see like sexual relationships, and it just challenges like I don't know, everything that I've ever been taught about sex and monogamy, and I just, I'm really loving it. Um, And I flagged this page for you guys because I wanted to read what it says. Let's go. It says, the idea of sex as something set aside, a discreet, definable activity like driving a car just doesn't hold up very well. We think erotic energy is everywhere. In the deep breath that fills our lungs as we step out into a warm spring morning, in the cold water spilling over the rocks in a brook, in the creativity that drives us to paint pictures and tell stories and make music and write books. I love that. It says, the more we learn about sex, the less we know how to define it. And it's so true. Sex to me is something that flows through a relationship. It it flows through your day. Intimacy and pleasure and desire, it flows through every experience. And it isn't something that necessarily starts and ends. And the more that we can open up our mindset to that way of thinking, the less pressure we put on ourselves and our partner to create some sort of sexual experience. It starts to flow in more naturally. And when that pressure is off, it can actually give space for amazing sexual experiences, which is why my last tip is to go on a sex hiatus, no sex choose to have no sex for however long you and your partner want to agree on. Maybe it's a month. Maybe that sounds crazy to you. Maybe it's it's a week, right? Whatever it is, you're choosing to remove the pressure that you've put on your relationship to have sex. Obviously, if this is an issue, right? You take off that pressure and what it does is it allows both of you to go, "Ah, okay, we don't have to do whatever. You know, we don't have to do anything. Sex is not a marker of how healthy we are. We can chill. We can be whatever we want to be. We don't have to try to come off as sexual, look a certain way. We don't have to try to please our partner. We can just chill for a second. And sometimes just that break grows this desire. And it also sometimes can make you want to just quit the hiatus because just even taking the pressure off allows both of you to feel that connection again. So that's a really interesting tip as well that you could absolutely try out. I've heard really great stories about people doing that. Um, But yeah, think about it. Think about what's going to work for you and your partner and let's move on. We're now going to talk about being unable to orgasm with your partner but being able to orgasm when you are masturbating. This is a really, really common issue Um, for obvious reasons. You know, when you're with a partner, like I said earlier, sometimes you feel like you're trying to perform and sometimes you feel like there are extra pressures and maybe you don't want your partner to have to wait for your body to respond a certain way. Maybe that feels embarrassing to you. We shouldn't have to feel that way, but sometimes it feels that way. And let's be real, that's fucking real, you know? Um, Sometimes you feel embarrassed by how you might look when you're having an orgasm. Maybe when you masturbate, you do something that you find embarrassing. It's not, but something that you think looks embarrassing. And you think, well, I'm never going to be able to replicate that in front of a partner. So good fucking luck to me. What I would encourage you to do in this situation is to 
Show them. Be honest. Be fucking for real, my man. Be fucking for real. Mutual masturbation is great. It not only allows both of you to take the pleasure into your own hands, it's fun and explorative if it's something you don't normally do with your partner, but it's also fucking education. Like it teaches your partner what you like. I think it is so cool if I'm ever with a partner and maybe amongst other things, they are adding to their own pleasure. I'm like, yeah, like to me, it's so hot. I'm like, slay, like get it, get what you want. Like, please make this what you want it to be. And I feel like I'm like, ooh, I just want to like watch and be interested because I find it educational. And I obviously it's hot and whatever. That's besides the point. Um, it's, it's the fact that it's like, I can see and be like, oh wow, like you do it that way. Oh my God, that's so interesting. So it is just really cool. I think it's an opportunity for you to learn from your partner and it's sexy and fucking fun. Another little tip here is if you are comfortable enough with your partner saying, I want to sit down and I want to talk about and like have sex, but like also talk as we're having sex and not try to be sexy. Not obviously you can talk and be sexy at the same time, but I mean like you can try to have like a bit of a sesh. Like let's have a learning sesh. Let's have a sit down. I'm going to show you what I like. I'm going to and we can talk normally. Like it's almost more of like an information sesh to sit down and be like I really want to show you this. Like what do you think about this? This is kind of how I, you know, this is how I do this. When I am penetrating with anything, I prefer to go up this way or I prefer to go back that way. All those little details that probably like you don't want to say in the situation but you're like it would just make it so much better now is your time to shine baby this is the time where they are sitting down and they're saying i am here to listen to you to open up to you to be comfortable i'm going to receive the education that you give me make sure you feel like you are in that space and then actually have that conversation with them that can obviously be very sexy and very fun but also just like really important kind of like maintenance in a sexual relationship If that's not your thing, that's not your thing. That's totally fine. Depends on how comfy you are. But just thought I'd throw it out there that nothing is weird, okay? Nothing is fucking weird. If you want to try something and you want to try it, you know, is if you communicate that you want to try it and they don't want to do it, cool. That's fine. They're not consenting to it. They don't want to do it. They're not interested. Maybe you'll do that another day with another sexual partner. Or maybe you'll do that somehow on your own, right? There's always ways to keep the conversation open and flowing. All right. Last but not least, we're going to talk about pain during sex just briefly. And again, I have a whole podcast episode on this. If this is a big issue and you want to go and listen to that after, please feel free. Um, But pain during sex, a lot of the time, a lot of the time comes down to a lack of lubrication. And maybe you've been like, no, seriously, I've tried it before. We've used a lot of spit. Not spit. We're talking lube. Okay. A lot of people don't use lube. It is the the end of the world for me. It makes me, makes my heart hurt. Honestly, jail. I just... I I can't. I don't understand it. And here's the thing. Sometimes your body is going to naturally create goop, goopy things, goopy things so that you can, you know, move nice and slippery down there. And sometimes it's not. And when it does create that, that so slay, that might be because you're in a certain part of your hormonal cycle. That might be be because you have certain external factors that are affecting you in that time, like the temperature of the room or different smells or different things to do with your senses. It can literally come back to so many things. And when your body responds in a sexual way, for example, having an erection 
or being wet or having, um, it's similar to how a penis owner has an erection where your vulva actually like fills with blood and becomes kind of like puffy. Sometimes it becomes a little bit like darker in color. That's another kind of sexual response that you might have if you have a vulva. But that doesn't always happen because you are turned on and you want to have sex. And a lot of people mistake their body's reactions for meaning that they want or don't want something. If you're with a partner and you want to have sex and you're like, ooh, 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 and you're like feeling it, and then you're not wet, you should not feel embarrassed by that. You should not feel um, confused by that. Like, maybe this actually isn't it. Like, no, okay? Your body's going to do a lot of different things. And on the flip side, your body might do that in times when it is not super appropriate for it to do that. And I know that penis owners really struggle with this because it is so um, obvious, you know? And as a vulva owner, I'm very grateful that I don't have to experience that. Thank God. Um, Sorry, boys. But it is what it is, you know? Um, We have to kind of use what we have and then understand what our body's doing, why it's doing it, and not try to put some meaning to it all the time. Please find a water-based lube. You can use it with toys. Find one that is going to work for you. If you are somewhere where you can go to a local sex shop, you might even be able to try some of the lubes. I know that you can do that at Max Black in Newtown, which is my favorite sex store. Um, You can literally go up and they will put it on your hand and you can like rub it around. They'll give you a little tissue to wipe it off and you can try another one. It's the best time ever. Um, You can also use silicone-based lubes, but because a lot of people use toys, water-based lubes are the only kind of lube that you can use with toys. So it usually makes more sense to just go with water-based. But for some people, they prefer the extra kind of lubricant that the silicone-based lube can sometimes provide. And so make that choice on your own, whatever you want, but please, God, please use some lube. Another issue might be that you are not warmed up enough. Um, Sometimes we rush, you know? We rush into penetration, and that's not always the best thing for the vulva owner. It can be, you know? Maybe you might sometimes be feeling like really just warmed up on your own and you're able to jump right into it, but a lot of people need some time to have their body become aroused. And what you can do as well alongside this is to find a form of penetration that is going to warm you up for penis penetration or dildo penetration or whatever kind of penetration you are working towards if that's where the pain is being caused. And again, right now I'm talking specifically about pain on penetration. Um, So that's going to be around the opening of a vagina. And that is usually, like I said, caused by friction that lack of lubrication, aka friction, and then not being warmed up. So what you can do is you can get a toy or even using fingers, of course, something that is like smaller than the thing that you want to penetrate with later on in the sexual experience and use that to warm up the area, even just to get lube up into that area and to make it so that your body knows what's going on and can kind of relax and get comfy. There are other forms of pain that you can feel during sex that have nothing to do with penetration. They can be related to pelvic floor and many other things. In that case, I would definitely recommend going to go see a gynecologist and then they can refer you out to whatever you need to do. Maybe that will be a pelvic floor therapist. And so I would definitely go see a doctor if you feel like you're like, no girl, trust me, tried the lubes, tried the warming up, shit's not working, all good. Go see a doctor. They're going to help you out. 
And last but not least, there is the issue of feeling like there's a lack of chemistry. And that might be something that maybe you once had with somebody and then eventually you kind of feel like you just like don't have with them anymore for some reason. Or maybe that's your first time having a sexual experience with this person and you're like, something isn't working. They just The vibe is not there. And look, if on your first sexual experience with someone, the vibe just isn't there, you can absolutely grow it. You can work towards growing it. If that's something that you want to do, say maybe you're in a long, like a relationship with this person and you like waited for this. And now for some reason it's not working. I'm not saying to give up. Okay. Sometimes lack of chemistry and um, I, I don't even know what to call it. Like lack of connection, you know, that like what just, what makes it click? What makes make sex just click. If that feels like it's not there, sometimes you need to find that with somebody and that is absolutely possible. Sometimes it is worth moving on and just finding a new partner, but that's not your only option. So don't freak out. And sometimes there are things that are causing that lack of connection that have nothing to do with sex. And this is really important to be aware of. Obviously, sometimes if there are emotional issues in the relationship or there's a particular stress with either person in the relationship or there's something external to sex that isn't quite going right, that can absolutely affect the sexual experience of that person or of those people. There's nothing wrong with telling someone, hey, I just don't think we clicked. And I've heard this time and time again. I've had friends even recently tell me, oh yeah, I've gone on a date, sat there, you know, we went on a whole dinner, hours and hours of talking, having the best time. From the moment we kissed, I knew it wasn't going to work because it just, it, the energy was not there. The vibe was not there. Like, you know, maybe they weren't a really good kisser or they weren't really this thing or, you know, you had different expectations for that person. Maybe that person acted like they were going to be a lot more uh, dominant and then they weren't as dominant or the opposite, you know? Like, there are things that sometimes when you actually get down to the nitty gritty of it, they just don't really work out and that's okay. I hope that you find people that you really connect with and that you put yourself out there to go and connect with those people because when you do find those connections, it's going to be really cool because then you can use all the things that we talked about in today's episode and all the things that we talked about in last week's episode as well. That is everything that I'm going to share on this topic for now. Guys, I want to thank you so much for listening, for being here, for sharing the podcast on your Instagram stories and to your friends in the way that you guys share and support me and the show and everything is just so amazing. So thank you so, so, so much. Um, if you want to find me on social media, I'm on Alyssa Taylor Harper on Instagram and TikTok. And we have a Facebook group as well called the She Said What podcast group where I update you guys on everything that's going on with the show and... People ask for advice and stuff in there as well. It's super cute. Kind of love it. Um, so please come join us on there and follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. And thank you so, so much for all the support because all those little things that you do, it genuinely makes a big difference to me. So thank you and I appreciate you. And if you have anything that you want to hear about on the podcast, any recommendations, um, anything that you just want to share and talk about, please feel free to come DM me and I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye guys. Yeah.